where am I right now? Well, physically, I'm in my chair, sitting on heat, not in the bed. Emma's in my spot, and I am trying to motivate myself in some way, shape, or fashion. Just returned home from physical therapy. Today is like Christmas in the land of EDS. Why? Because I had physical therapy this morning, and then later on this afternoon, I'm going to see Ebony for my fascia appointment because I'm getting down to two weeks, and I think I might be getting down to monthly, if not just maybe as an as-needed basis, PRN, as they say. If you've gotten a lot of prescriptions, you know what that means, PRN, as-needed. <sighs> trying to come up with my own path here, and I figured it out. I, you know, I'm cheap. I, I am cheap. I don't like to spend money if I don't have to. And I have dishes. And my husband asked me, because we're down to like two dinner dishes and eight appetizer plates, four bowls, and then I have a whole set of stoneware dishes that I do not like. He said, Christy, we really need to like get some more dishes. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm working on it. So I went, you know, because going into the stores and shopping is not really the best thing for me at this point. And trying to find them on the internet is extremely difficult. And I just want the simple old Corel dishes. Why? Because they are hard to break until they do. We got these stoneware dishes and they're nice, but like you look at them hard and they chip. And I do not like that. And they're heavy. And so doing dishes with this condition and they're heavy because we don't have a dishwasher. We're the dishwashers. Trying to, you know, pick up this big heavy plate that you don't really fill up with any food i mean they're humongous plates i don't know why they're so big and they're heavy and you you wash them and it just creates unneeded aggravation on my joints so i don't like those and i rarely use them i like the color they're blue that's my favorite color so you know i like that that's all they've got going for them and the bowls are okay but I want my Corel dishes. So I tried looking for Corel dishes, and you know what? They just don't make it easy. Now, we're a family of three. They offer a set service for four. Well, if you get a service for four, and you put out three plates to eat, that one plate just looks awful lonely in the cupboard. It just looks sad. It's like that one Pop-Tart left in the pouch. So I don't like that. And then one place setting thing, it came with cups and mugs. And we don't drink coffee. I don't need mugs. Don't need it. I want a plate, an appetizer plate. That's what I eat my toast on. I love my bread. And a bowl. And then I want those big one-quart bowls because my husband eats a big bowl of cereal. And it's not... A regular little bowl. That's just too little for him. He needs that big quart bowl. And with Corel, you can go and usually buy some of their dishes separately. Well, Bed Bath & Beyond 
keeps closing down, you know, in, in all of our areas, and ours just closed. And I used to love going into Bed Bath & Beyond, especially with my 20% coupons. I just loved it. And I got these uh, this silverware set from them one time, and I don't like it because it's heavy. I don't like the way the silverware feels. So I still have my silverware that I bought in 1989 that uh, I bought. It was Oneida, and I bought a place setting a week for like 12 weeks so I could get each you know, the, the big fork, the salad fork, the knife, and the spoon. And then I was able to get the ladle, the serving spoon. You know, that's how you did it back in my day. <laughs> so I still like that cheap old silverware. And I'll pull out that fork because that's what I like to eat with. I don't, I'm a creature of habit. Don't like change. So I'm looking for dishes. And it's just been something that I've been putting off because... It's either a service for four and you have to get mugs, a service for six. But then I'm like, that just seems odd. I feel like you need a service for eight. And then the service for eight comes with these rice bowls. And who wants rice? I don't, why do I need a rice bowl? Why can't a regular bowl work? Everything is so difficult. And then they've got a one-quart bowl and a two-quart bowl, or you get a 62-piece setting for eight people. And then you get all these extra things, and I don't need all of these extra things. I just want eight plates. I want eight appetizer plates for my toast. I want eight bowls. And I want two to three one-quart bowls. That's all I need. We're not fancy people. And I want them to be barely breakable. I don't want them breaking on me. So I looked, and I looked, and I looked. And I wanted white because I didn't really want to design. I just wanted plain old simple white. And I finally found winter white with Corel. But it was a place setting for six. But it was fine because it was six dinner plates, six appetizer toast plates, six bowls. And then I could buy my one quart bowls for my husband's cereal separately. Luckily, I was able to find them on the Corel site, got a really good deal. I bought the service for six, and then I got two extra plates for dinner, two extra plates for my toast, two bowls, and then my two one-quart bowls. I finally ordered them, and that has been something that has just been bugging me, just like my paperwork that I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm trying to to get it. It's getting smaller. It's getting smaller. But it's just something else I had to do. And for whatever reason, every time I add a new to-do, everything just gets worse. On top of then having to do these exercises. Now today, Sandy Hartman told me, because I was explaining to her everything I was doing, come to find out I was doing one exercise wrong. Now, I don't cross my legs because that changes the position of your pelvis every time, and I don't want that to happen. So, I don't cross my legs, but this one exercise, you have to lie flat on your back, you bend your knees, and then you're supposed, this is to stretch out your quadratus lumborum, and to stretch out the left one, 
you're supposed to cross your legs and lie and, and just lie, just lean them to the right is what you're supposed to do with your elbows behind your head. Well, I think I have this big fascial adhesion at the serratus muscle. You can tell I've been studying, right? And my arm won't go all the way down and that's where my titanium shoulder is. So I've been working on doing that, but when I cross my legs, they don't just cross one time. Like you do the one cross and then I take my foot and tuck it like a cat's tail around my leg again. Can you, can you do that? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, rather than just cross your leg and have that foot just dangling everywhere, I want it attached. So I have enough leg to loop it around again. So trying to stretch out my left QL, I was crossing my left leg over my right, tucking it back under my right, putting my arms behind my head, dropping my knees to the side and trying to feel a stretch. And I could barely feel a stretch. So then I would pull my knees up closer to my head, trying to feel that stretch. Well, come to find out, doing it all wrong, doing it all wrong. So that could be why I was in so much pain this weekend. In order to stretch out the left side, you have to cross your right leg over your left leg. Do not cross it twice, so don't tuck it in. Then drop your knees to the right. And when you do, that creates the stretch. And now I can feel it and it's making a difference. So we corrected that situation. And then she said, Christy, I think you're probably going through growing pains. I'm like, well, of course. Apparently, as I thought, my body is trying to get acclimated and adjusted to the new positioning and the fact that I am trying to wake up everything on my left side. Now, the email that I sent to my fasciologist was very in-depth because I don't want to have to talk about it when I get there. I just want to go in there, sit in the sauna, and then have her get down to business. I was like, I know there's more issues in my nose. There's something going on with my neck because I'm working on my head and I know there's something going on. I've got more adhesions. I don't have enough mobility on my left side. There's something at the serratus muscle and I need to know if there's fascia that's making my muscles bunch up or is it because I'm trying to retrain them. So I'm ready to go. I am so ready for this appointment because then I can come home, take a shower and then prepare myself for paperwork and then more tomorrow because I have nowhere to go except take my son to work and be there for my boy. So I'm really excited because it's like, ah, today is scheduled. Today is all about appointments and I'm living and breathing. H-E-D-S. What I found though is that I'm having to customize yet again my own path to getting better. Just like I had to pick. I'm starting to think, is it just me that I'm so persnickety and I'm so choosy? And I have no reason to be. Like when I went through the house after they, the people cleaned it, I was sending pictures going, they missed the globes. They missed the window sills. They missed that. And I'm like, what? that's part of cleaning. How, how, how do you miss? How do you miss? things that are right there in front of your face. And why should I have to go back and 
and correct something that they really should have done. I mean, it's not like, I mean, how do you miss when you're there to clean a room? How do you miss the windowsills when that's part of your dusting? How is it you miss the globes on the lamp when they're right there in your face? How do you break my refrigerator handle? I do not know these things, but I am trying to customize everything that I possibly can. And it's not that I'm persnickety. It's not like we have the nicest house. It's not like I demand too much. I don't think. I just want things done and done correctly. And I don't know if it's because I've been pushed around so much through the medical system it's it's and and it's not now I know because I I I I had an endocrinologist that was really kind of just out there but she refused to take one kind of insurance because they mandated in order for us to pay you you can only see this person to you know to get this coverage and, and to be accepted into our group, you can only see a patient for like 20 minutes and then you have to move on to the next. And she says, I'm not going to have an insurance company tell me how to care for my patients. And I totally agree because there are times when I go to a doctor, he might be running behind, but then I'm trying to think he's going to give me the same sort of care. Sometimes you don't have a 15 minute fix. It could be 30 minutes. It could be 40 minutes. Who knows? You got to kind of have to go with the flow. And I feel like doctors have come at me with a cookie cutter approach to fixing this illness. And I'm not the typical person. Neither are you. We all have our own individual issues with this illness and some things that are just horrible for me and totally interrupt my life might not affect you at all and vice versa so there is no one way to fix all and I found that out and and, and that's what's bothering me is I'm thinking am I just too persnickety but no I have just had to fight so hard getting care, whether it be with medical professionals or with specialists that don't take insurance. I have had to fight so hard to get the treatment that I feel my body needs. I no longer am allowing people to tell me what my body needs. And so now I think that's carried over into my everyday world. I no longer want the dish company to tell me I need four plates, four salad plates, four appetizer plates, four bowls, and four mugs. What about the saucers? Don't I need a saucer to put the mug on? Well, maybe not. Now they've got those like wine glasses that don't even have a stem. So I guess you have to evolve that way. But I don't like people putting me in a box and telling me this is what I have to do in order to get better. 
and neither should you. We should be fighting for what care works for us. And I did. I got a message. Thank you, Debbie, in the UK. If you need to wear braces, think of it like glasses. If you need glasses, you have to wear your glasses. Yes, you do. And I need glasses because the laser eye surgery that I had wasn't good for people with EDS. And my vision was going bad from the very beginning. Astigmatism in both eyes. Uh, I can't see far away. So that, that means nearsighted, I think, right? So I've always had to wear glasses. But if you came to me and said, if you, and now I did do this one time, I read that if you looked at a light bulb and closed your eyes and just kept staring at that light bulb, and you turned your head from side to side for like so many times. This, this was when I was was eighteen years old. It, it it was I was turning nineteen. It was the summer of eighty nine with the canoe, the the truck running over my foot, and the run in with the table and my bottom. So, take it with a grain of salt. But you sit there. And you look at the light bulb, you close your eyes, and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you do that so many times a day, and apparently that's supposed to correct your vision. Yes, I did it. <laughs> I did. I like a fool. I did it. Did it do any good? No, it did not. But if you tell me that there is a proven something that I can do that doesn't require surgery or, or, or like medication. If it's something I can physically do to correct my eyesight so I don't have to wear glasses, you bet your darn booty I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. So that's why I'm fighting against these braces and, and things like that. Now, if they told me by, if you wear a hip belt while you're doing all of this, it'll speed up your postural restoration. I'd do it. But so far, nobody's been able to tell me the benefits of bracing while I'm doing any of this. It's more so to keep me, I guess, stable. But I'm fighting it. I'm not against braces. I just don't want to wear them. I want to try it's it's like we have an invisible illness and i just i i want it to be as invisible as possible so that means not wearing braces and all of those kinds of things and so that's what i'm trying to do i'm really fighting the neck collar i really really am fighting the neck collar and i don't believe and and i've read reports and i've asked people and some people right off the bat think wearing the neck collar weakens your muscles and and things like that. I, I don't feel that it does and I, I don't believe that it does. And for me, it wasn't the case. My friend that was wearing the surgical neck collar that got tired of wearing the collar and got tired of her husband putting her neck back into place and and having issues and who didn't want to do the exercises and opted 
you know, for the surgery, like I said, is sadly in worse condition. So I'm looking at the people in my circle that I have seen that rely on the braces, that live and breathe by the braces, that are dedicated to getting surgery to fix the instability and things like that. I am seeing how they are progressing. And they don't seem much better than me. So I'm kind of steering away from having the surgery. I just don't want it. So if it means that I've got to sit there and do these daggone little, I'm doing them right now, pushing my chin in while I'm doing my neck neck exercises, then I'm going to do it. Oh my gosh, that's what you could be doing while you're listening. You could be doing like a little, your Kegels if you want, or working on your stretching, like, like, oh, and I could say, Okay, you're stretching to the right. Like when we start, you could start stretching to the right. And then about 30 seconds later, I could go, okay, switch. And then you go to the left. Oh, we could have fun with this. This would be fun. We could do that. I think that would be fun. We could do that. But I I just, I've had all of these surgeries to correct the nerve stimulators, the titanium shoulder you know, I've had the the nose surgeries, you know, I've had these surgeries, but sadly, as necessary as some of them were, you know, the after effects, the fascial adhesions after, are what kind of brought me down. Now, I needed to have the shoulder replacement. There wasn't much I could do for that. So I had to have that, but had I known about fascia and the scarring, I would have gotten on it 12 weeks post-surgery. Had I known about my diagnosis when I picked up the box and stretched out my shoulder, I would have never had the shoulder capsular shrinkage. So there's so many what ifs and all of that. So right now I'm trying to correct the wrongs that I've done, trying to correct what I've done to my eyes, trying to correct where I had the nerve stimulator put into my back. At first it felt really, really good. And then it was just miserable. So that's where I am now, trying to create my own path of treatment so I don't have to rely because this thing that bothered me when they put me in medical contacts I don't know if you know anything about those but what happens when you get scarring on your eyes remember patient's perspective nothing medical here for me but what happened for me is when you do the corrective eye surgery, it does something to the shape of your eyeball. So my eyeball is no longer round. It's flat. So when light hits my my pupil, I guess that's what it hits first, right? The pupil, not the cornea. Cornea is the color, right? That's the iris. I had chicken pox. 
I had iritis when I got the chicken pox, and I still have my scar right there on my stomach from my very first chicken pox. I'm sure you just needed to know that, and you'll sleep better tonight, right? I guarantee it. But I had iritis, so I had chicken pox in my eye, and that on and in the scarring that it left, and then having the surgery, it just made my eye so that when light comes into my eye, instead of it going in one line and going back and making the path so I can get a visual on whatever I, it is I'm looking at, it, it kind of does like a spider's eye. It looks like a kaleidoscope. That's what it does. That's why when, if you've had these surgeries and stuff, if you're looking at headlights, you see like a starburst. That's what it is. My eye sees things and it creates a kaleidoscope. So the medical contacts are hard glass and I would cry so many times trying to put those in my eyes because you have to fill the contact up with lens solution, okay? Then you have to tilt forward with your head parallel to the table, spread your eyes open just as far as you can and put the contact on your eye without losing any of the liquid. The liquid is what you need in order to adhere the contact lens and to make everything work. It took me forever to try to do it and then trying to get it out, I actually put, you have to put a suction cup on it and have to pull it out. Well, sometimes the suction is too hard and I would sit there and I would have a, a suction cup stuck to my eye, just crying, trying to pull this contact out of my eye. It was just one of the worst experiences ever. So I was stocking up because, you know, I have this stocking up fetish. Like right now, we just opened up the laundry detergent. And I'm like, I better order another one so I can have my spare in the pantry. I don't even know how I'm doing on toilet paper. I think I'm, I know I have at least a hundred rolls, but I feel like I need another spare. So I have to have a spare just in case there's an apocalypse and for some reason, I don't have toilet paper. I've got a backup. I had to do the same thing with this lens lubricant. And I thought, I have to have braces. I have to have lens lubricant in order to make these contacts work. I have to have crutches. I have to have a walker. I have to have my baclofen. I have to have my pain medication. I have to have all of this. Just, just to get Christy going out the door. And I'm sorry I referred to myself in third person, but yes, I just did. So I was actually worried that what happens if I see, you know, like the world goes crazy like it does in all those movies that are like in 2052, they nobody has Wi-Fi. And I was it Ready Player One or something I saw, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, Oh my gosh, if I don't have enough lens lubricant, I can't wear my contacts, then I can't see. And I also had to have glasses in order to make this work. So I had to have medical contacts, then I had to have glasses. Because when you put the medical contacts in, 
I could see, but I had double vision. So I had to wear glasses in order to bring my eyes together so that I could see okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking, if it takes all of this just to get me out the front door, I'm not going to survive an apocalypse. So that is why I think in my head, I am trying, yeah, I guess I messed up, but that is why I think I'm focusing so much on not wearing the braces, not wearing the neck collar, because I have this ridiculous, crazy fear of a zombie apocalypse or something happening so that I can't make it if I don't have all of these things. And I'm like, and if these things aren't available, I don't move. So I think that's why I have this ridiculous idea that I have to make it without braces and and crutches and things of that nature. I think I need to work on that. I think they have suggested that I seek I seek therapy. But that's okay. I've got you. And that's why I do the podcast. Like I said, it's my medication. Well, the dryer buzzer went off. My son is home. So I'm going to ask him to put the clothes in the basket for me. And then I am going to fold clothes. Preparing for my fascia appointment later this afternoon. So I just wanted to say hey, touch base, fill you in on my Christmas of all kinds of feelings today. That's what it feels like. Woohoo! Physio and fascia. Yay! Ooh, I could get French fries and a soda pop. That would be my reward. We'll see how it goes. I hope your day is going well. Maybe I'll check back in after my appointment and I can share my jollies with you. Thank you so much for being here. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.